Hello and welcome back to Beth Palbam as we take a trip to Westview as we review WandaVision. And joining me inside the hex is Josh. Hello. Craig. Hello. And Tony. Abracadabra. <laughs> oh, it's Paul Daniels. <laughs> uh, I like that, Tony. I like that. Not a lot, but I like it. Oh, now that's magic. <laughs> Dear God, uh, we're not even we're not even touching on Doctor Strange, so no. that's you, it makes you worry. So everybody doing okay? Yeah, right, sure. Yeah, Sound we're, we're getting there, aren't we? We're all getting there, hopefully. One month left, boys. Wait it out. Wait it out. Yeah. Someone's uh, someone's getting raided. It's me Josh, again. Me. Eat no, the stash. It's, no, it's me. me. Paul, eat the stash. It's, it's, all, it's always me. Whenever I record a podcast, I can guarantee that a police car will go past. Flushy, flushy. He's eating brownies again. <laughs> He's sitting on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, Craig, as you can tell, has uh, lost the plot today. So, um, But yeah, everybody doing okay? I know one of us has had their uh, COVID jab now. Oh, yep. eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> the old man of the podcast. The, the fat git has had his jab already. <laughs> so we're getting there. I think we're, me and Craig will probably be very soon, hopefully. How's the, um, how's the new tail then, Tony? <laughs> you are. How's the new tail? <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for me bloody superpowers. <laughs> But yeah, as I said, we are here to talk WandaVision now the series has finished. it's uh, It seemed to go on for quite a while. We've waited all that time for it. And then, to be fair, it didn't go overly quickly. It didn't feel like it was, it was time to finish when mm. we got there. So let's make a start. I, I know you guys haven't made notes as such, but we've obviously all watched it and, and we'll pick up on some bits. Um, I have got notes. I made notes. I went back and rewatched the whole series again um, this past weekend um, just to get some some points. And, and they're not most of the time they're not episode specific. It's kind of about groups of episodes and yeah. and things like that. So uh, the first thing that surprised me, to be honest, was that they didn't change the credits. the The opening credits were still the same from the movies. I thought they might have done something that tied into the TV series yes. that we know. Yes. Yeah, and not even that, just kind of use the characters that we know are going to be in these series, like Wanda, like Vision, like Hulk, like Loki. I thought they might have, have used some of those those characters rather than the ones yeah, we've already TV seen. Yeah, TV-specific ones, effectively. Yeah, yeah. and especially yeah. characters that are no longer in the MCU that they were they were still using. Um, mm, I mean, I suppose, I suppose the method in the madness might have been we're giving these guys TV shows because we haven't used them that much in the films. Yeah. They don't have their own centric films, so yeah. they, we haven't actually got that much footage to stick in the opening credits bit. Yeah. Um, in a similar vein, I did like the way they played around with the Marvel logo a little bit. The black yeah. and white mm. switch in the first one was very clever. Yeah. And also the purple one for Agatha later on, I thought yeah. was very clever as well. Yeah. Um. The, the next thing I, I noted, and I know, Craig, you've said you've watched the, the behind-the-scenes thing tonight. Um, yes. And, Josh, did you say you'd seen it? Yeah, I watched it this morning, yeah. Tony, I'm not sure whether you've you've had a chance to I see it. I haven't seen it, yeah. Um, but in that, they, uh, they had the, the songwriters 
So for anybody that didn't know, the Lopez's are pretty famous because they wrote all the music for Frozen. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, so all the, the little theme tunes throughout the sitcoms and everything were written by them, um, <laughs> which I thought was a, a really intriguing thing to have brought them in. And to be fair, their style of writing works really well for that sort of thing. They don't kind of stick to the same tone for all of their, their songs, even Frozen. A lot of their songs are, are very different throughout both films. Yeah. So you've mm. obviously got the big ballads and, and things like that, but then obviously you've got Jonathan Groff singing a a rock ballad in the in the second film and things like that. So their their writing is very varied. So I can see why they've picked picked them to do it. Um, the next thing I wrote and and I, I did have a note before that I thought the the recreation of the sitcoms is brilliant. Yeah, I think they did a really good job. Yeah. That, yeah. that is what I, I really thought about them. I, I didn't think it particularly gave anything to the show. Um, mm. I think they were a little well, bit slow-paced. And I think we've talked I think about a lot it of today. people watched them. Yeah. I think a lot of people watched them kind of as sitcoms and didn't like them for that respect. And I don't, that was never really the intent, was it, to begin with? No, and, and I said I think they pro- probably could have done them uh, in less episodes. Mm. I think they probably could have put a couple of eras per episode. Um, yeah, a group of 50s and 60s one quite easily. Yeah. Well, when you watch the making of, um, these are a, 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 love, a love letter to them. Yeah. The, the, mm. the eras and the sitcoms, the, they actually say they went and had a meal with Dick Van Dyke to get the feel of the sitcom. Yeah, and, and I had, I had know read what Marvel that. was. Yeah, I, I had read that, that um, it was after the D23 Expo um, um, that they went to lunch with him. The, you know, the 50s one in particular, they used authentic um, lighting that yeah. would have been from the 50s. Now, that could have all been just done with computer graphics. Yeah. Through mm. the processor, but they didn't. They recreated. They even brought in a, a live studio audience, which blew me mind. And they <laughs> used authentic 1950s hard chairs that they potentially would have sat on back in the day as well. <laughs> you know, so the this was a proper love affair. And I, now yeah. that I understand a little bit more, I appreciate the work that went into them yeah, three yeah. episodes. Yeah. And it's a um, little well, bit sad when you're here you know oh they, they could have just done away with them or just skip yeah. them episodes because there's hundreds and thousands of man hours of, of work yeah, yeah and don't get me them. wrong they were they were perfectly made yeah and they, like, they could have been done on the cheap with I, computer yeah. graphics i just think for people that were just coming into the show and not really knowing massive amounts mm. about it i think people have struggled yeah. with those first three episodes and as we discussed earlier, that originally the first three episodes were meant to come out at once. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, really, tonally. Yeah, it makes sense. But the problem is, if you think of the cliffhanger of episode three, Monica gets shoved right back out of the hex. And then you see all this stuff going on in the background, like the army or sword, in this case, are coming in to collect her. But then if you think about it, the following episode, or episodes even, are sort of a week-to-week thing of Jimmy Woo, Darcy and Monica practically just talking about what is actually going on yeah so i think that might have alienated a lot of people so i personally think what they did was quite right only having the first two Mm. yeah and we talked about it they didn't have a choice Mm. 
originally they, they had planned for the first three to be done. Um, but then when they shut down, um, they still had the finale to finish and they couldn't do both jobs at once. And they turned around to Disney Plus and went, we're only going to have two ready. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to take it. Um, the next thing I, I wrote down was that the, the three leads in those in the early part of the series completely sell it. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, Paul and, and Catherine are just superb. Yeah, phenomenal. In those, in those first three. Some they of the- carry this show. I mean, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to any of the other actors in it, but they carry this show. Yeah, and they have to. In, in that yeah, well, way, yeah. it is, yeah. it's down to the actors because you're in that one set for most of the, the episodes. You have to have the actors that are going to that are going to carry it. Yeah. And if they hadn't been cast right, if they, I don't think the show would have been made in no. the way it is if they mm. didn't know that they had actors like Paul and Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, because I think it would have just crashed and burned if they'd got the wrong people in those roles. Um, then I, I wrote down, again, on that note, I think Bethany's really underrated. Massively. And yeah. he, and Elizabeth will get the plaudits for this this show, but he's just as deserving. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I've sat there over the last week or so, the three of them deserve some sort of recognition either at the Emmys or next year's Globes. They need yeah. nominations, yeah. surely. Yeah. Because the stuff they did across those episodes, the variety, the tone, the pathos, the comedy, they had to draw on every bit of acting talent they've got. Yeah. Especially when it's something they've not done. Yeah. Paul even says in the the making of that he hasn't been on stage, he says, for 100 years. Um, (laughs) So, um, and it's just... You imagine he probably hasn't been because he's had that solid career where he's not been a leading man, yeah. but he's continually worked yeah. for all those years yeah, and hasn't... Personally, the first thing I ever noticed him in, and this was even before Age of Ultron came out, and I sort of took notice and thought, that is a good actor, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Yes. See, I'd, I'd seen him earlier than that. I'm a, a sucker for it because I don't think many people like it, but actually a John Favreau-directed film, Wimbledon. Was the yeah, first I was just thing gonna mention yeah. And, and a knight's tale. And he sells that. He yeah. sells that film. Yeah. He is basically Tim Henman mm. in a comedy film, but he sells it so well. Yeah. Yeah. No. And he just continually keeps going mm. in different roles as well. It's not always the same type of roles. And now at this point, we do have to have a bit of a pop up, Bethany, yes. for his, uh, his ridiculous comments. Um, working with an I actor like I've always wanted to work with. I did laugh at the director disowning him though. So he's on his own there. He's got... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he that's might as well have point. just said they hold a mirror up to me. Yeah, yeah. What a git! Um, <laughs> and it, it really—he dropped himself in it. It really did. Yeah. And the fact that he continued with it. Yeah, it wasn't just one interview. After he'd done it the first time, he went, I'm just going to run with it. Yeah. And just say it in every single interview. So, brilliant. I can't believe he trolled everybody. Yeah. Genius. Um, The next thing, and this is a bit of a criticism um, the ads that they put in it. I know that's part of those shows back then, but they didn't add anything. 
Really? You know, I, I like them because they're basically they're just they're they're a commentary, aren't they, on on Wanda's feelings? Yeah. And and that yeah. that the one on the island was completely oh, that, out of yeah, left field. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one. It just doesn't make sense. That's got absolutely nothing to do with what was going on. See the thing at the thing. Ah, well, no, I don't. It, you watch it again. It, it's all. It's just a reflection on the use of magic. And and the mm. fact that that kid can't open it at the end. He can't use it properly, and it kills him. See, I saw it the other way around. I liked it in terms of you watch them, you think, what have these got to do with anything? Or, or you're thinking, oh, have they just chucked these in to sort of make references to what's gone before to try and encourage you to go and watch the movies or something? But then when you get to the episode where Wanda just explores her past and yeah. gets right up to... They're paid off then, aren't they? Yeah, that's the payoff because... I don't know if you like sort of look closely enough. I might have delved a bit too deep into this, but each one of those adverts has a link to that one episode, and it's like yeah. saying this is what we are leading up to. This is all going to yeah. get mentioned at the end. It does, but they don't really go anywhere. They're not. They're not giving anything to the story. They're just kind of harking back to what she's done previously. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the point, though. They're 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 more about her emotion, aren't they? They're they're mm. not plot-driven scenes. I can't, it's, it's kind it's of the kind point. of like these are the moments that defined one, the Stark radio or radio or whatever it was, a toaster at the beginning, the first episode. Yeah, was, this is Wanda's origin in terms of the bomb from Stark falls on the house yeah. or the apartment block, and that was the beginning of it. And then you had the Hydra soak one, and that was uh, when she joined Hydra and touched the Mind Stone or did she whatever yeah. and becomes the scarlet witch technically so mm -hmm. I, I felt like each one sort of was an advert saying this is a tease of how she became sort of section by section to exactly where she is in westview today yeah i i completely understand where they're, they're coming from it just for me when you've only got a 20 minute episode as it is it's a slight waste of time yeah mm -hmm. so um... i did like the um the fact they used this, other than the, the um, animated one, they used the same two cast members all the way through. Yeah. That was a very nice idea. Yeah. Um, I also noted some of the great extras um, that they've got in the in the show, like uh, Deborah Jo Rupp, obviously, mm. has got a, a real big background in, in sitcoms, mm. uh, mostly known for that 70s show and Friends. Yeah. Um, Emma Caulfield for me and Tony. We've met her on multiple occasions. Yeah. So that was nice to see her make an appearance in a in a big show as well. And, uh, and a really nice soft emotional scene for her in that last episode, which is yeah. not something you see because Emma often plays these quite hard characters and sort of sometimes evil characters. But that, that moment where she just breaks character effectively in the street and she's talking yeah. about her daughter. And it really pulls at your heart. Yeah. Even if she's just a bully. <laughs> oh my word. No, Emma. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was very different. And of course she'd she'd worked with the the showrunner previously. Yeah. Um so that's where, where that came from. And she even admitted she didn't even audition. Wow. She just, just got the role. So kind of the last note I've got on those kind of the first three episodes. Um, was they were quite creepy at times, mm. um, and it does get creepier as well as we go further in. But yeah. for a sitcom situation, there were a few creepy moments. The the boss choking in the first episode. 
Oh, that's a yeah. great scene, wasn't it? The thing it? is, just... I like that because it was quite Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. And they, they've said that there was definitely some yeah. Twilight Zone influences. <laughs> See, in the thing there. is, I when those first two episodes came out, I said to because it's a kind of thing that me and my dad go and watch the Marvel films and whatever when they come out in cinema. And I said, do you want to watch this with me? So like, okay. Now, admittedly, my dad hasn't finished watching it because we've had a lot on. And um, mm-hmm. then when the boss started choking uh, and Vision sticks his hand in his throat to pull out whatever it was, my dad started going... <laughs> Brilliant. And also, obviously, the, the beekeeper scene's quite freaky that, until you realise... That is an intense scene. Yeah, until you actually know what it's about yeah. later on in the in the show. Mm. It's it's very creepy. The, right from the word go at the beginning of that episode, when they yeah. try and keep it light and funny at the start mm. with the noises outside and them saying, oh, it's nothing, it's just the tree. Yeah. And then by the end of the episode, you actually realise it's not the tree that's been making the noise the whole time. Um, so yeah, there was a, a few freaky moments in those those first yeah. few episodes. I also loved in, in those. Is it episode two, the one with the helicopter? Oh yeah, yeah. that that use the, the color splash for the for the little model helicopter is yeah. fantastic. And it, but it's it's quite creepy as well. Yeah, to see this splash of red and yellow right in the middle of the scene. You yeah, get it as well when uh, when she cuts her hand on the gla- on the glass yes, as well. That yes. That, that I think that was more thingy for me. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously you see the helicopter before that, the bit with the glass smashing in her hand. But I thought, I just thought the blood was a bit more. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that kind of moves us on to the middle section of the the series, um, when we get a bit of both, don't we? We get kind of get the hex yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. outside the hex, and I, I really liked how they tied it all up. Yeah. So that they they showed that, like that, that first episode is kind of based around what we've already seen. Yeah. In, the, um, in those first three we, episodes, we find out that that's Darcy's hand, don't we? At the end of that first yeah. episode. Yeah. 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 Um, I I really like that. I thought they did a really good job of of kind of teasing it as well, what it is and how Wanda's doing it and and what they they think mm. is going on. And obviously, later on in the series, we find out that it's not all. Wonder that's causing the problems outside the hex um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it really ties everything up and really throws you for a curveball once you do realize what's going on um i said that the, the with this as well the, the talent show episode kind of felt like it was on its own it could have yeah. been just a standalone episode um because it is just about selling their their comedy chops in in that episode <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's proper um, misdirection at times in in that episode. Um, me and Tony have, have mentioned this between us all. Um, that um, Catherine Hahn was a real surprise. Yeah. Uh, uh, who she is as an actress and just who she is, because think- it really wasn't expected. Having obviously seen her in or heard her in. Into the Spider Verse, yeah. yes, which I didn't, I didn't realise at the time. I didn't put the two two together, and so the only things I was aware of seeing her in now is was that I think Step Brothers, maybe she was in or something. She's in Parks and Rec, isn't she? I'm sure she's she in she Step Brothers. Yeah, Parks and Rec, yeah. Yeah, thought so, I thought so. I've never seen that. No, I haven't. I just saw the screen grab on yeah. the internet one day and like, but yeah, but no, the range she... of this actress. 
she was just amazing. I, I didn't even know she was a singer until we heard that that bit in that episode. She got herself when a that's pipe her on singing. That one. She's got great pipes. The thing is, she's in every episode, obviously, but you don't realise that she's in every episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah. She's yeah. an integral part. She's a huge part of the story, as it turns out. But she yeah. just comes and goes. She just dips in, dips out, like all yeah. them little neighbours do in all these little sitcoms where they just let themselves in. Mm-hmm. You don't even yeah. notice. And, I mean, did she have Wonder under a spell? Well, I think a little bit. I think kind of yes and no was my take. I think she was I just think, able to wander in and out. Yeah, I think that not so much a spell, but I think she was putting things towards her to force her in certain directions. Yeah, which like yeah, her brother testing her powers yeah. to like yeah. sort of work out what she could and couldn't do powers wise. But then mm. once she realizes what she is, she goes, do you "Holy know- shit, give me some of that." Do you know when Wanda pushes the, um, I can't remember her name, the agent back out? Monica. Yeah, right. And Wanda, that's the first time you've really seen her use her powers as powers, you know, not just peeling eggs and that. <laughs> but you, the, the look on her face, the realisation. Yeah. Like, that, that, that whole she's... scene is just phenomenal acting. Like, of Lizzie Olsen's face where she's just, like, but then she snaps and looks she like snaps. she wants to rip it in half. But she snaps back into character when uh, a split second later. So was that a spell that she was under by the witch woman? Well, no, is Josh? Josh will probably confirm this. Doesn't she kind of have a split personality in the comic run, Josh? Um, Uh, kind of. Where there are two wonders, effectively, that are sort of operating uh, independently. She kind of has a mental breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's kind of the character for Marvel who champions mental health issues in terms of it's okay to have a breakdown so long as you have people yeah. who can help you to get through but, that. Because that what I was getting at is it's basically about. she does have moments where she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, so because be I think what it is, and they kind of tapped into this now with the reveal that she is this sort of nexus being of the Scarlet Witch, is that she has all this power inside her, but technically the power is its own entity and she's the channel. Yeah. What she's now doing with the Darkhold is learning how to control that power and basically make herself and the Scarlet Witch one and the same. One, it's very yeah. much like what was introduced in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Where there's kind of two different planes. Yeah. As such. Because there are those moments in that there's that what, what, what Craig's on about where she looks genuinely surprised. And, and the things like when she sees dead vision and she generally doesn't know how she's created everything. And it is like she's she's two people in, in those moments. See, the thing, the thing how I'd explain that is she's so, she's trying to immerse herself so much in this other world that she's created to get over her grief of losing. Like, I mean, she's lost her parents. She's lost Pietro. She's lost vision. She, she's, she's lost, lost so Tony. Who was so close? Yeah, she's <laughs> lost Tony. Um, yeah. Sorry, Tony, to army. And um, and she's lost all these people who are so close to her that I mean, I'm surprised she even held it together for as long mm. as she did before she created the hex. To be honest, yeah. but it's only meant to be like two weeks, isn't it? Well, like exactly. But I mean, with yeah. the power that she has, I'm surprised she didn't do what she ended up doing. Because like, literally as soon as yeah. she realised Vision was already dead. 
Yeah. Well, I assume it probably took a while for her to go back to where she thought he was going to be. Oh, Wakanda, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a hard one to to get grips around. And I, I think we'll find out more about it once Doctor Strange comes along about what's actually yeah. going on with her. Um, you look back and you see there, there are some moments as well where with Agnes, stroke Agatha, uh, where we find out the one in the car, she clearly was knowing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But the moment when we she finds out that Wanda could technically bring people back from the dead, you think that she's pretending there, but I think that was actual genuine shock. Yeah. That's when she's discovering the extent of Wanda's potential. Yeah, yeah. see, that's that's the thing. I think that's what I'm saying about, I think Agatha didn't actually have it under a spell. She was sort of pushing her to test her powers. So yeah. she could go, well, I can have that for myself because I can absorb all the magic. Yeah. Yeah, it was and, a recall. And that was, yeah, and that was the thing that's been brought up in a lot of this this stuff with the, the behind the scenes. They've been doing a lot more interviews again this week. Um, and apparently, because there was meant to be 10 episodes, um, and they cut one, and apparently that was about uh, Agatha finding her. So she wasn't there. Oh. She actually came through the hex after it went up. Um, and apparently it was all she's got one of her powers is that she can detect other magic. I think that might be a thing of all sort of yeah. magical based entities yeah. in Marvel going forward because I mean I know the Doctor Strange thing was never actually filmed, but I think that will be something of how she ties into Doctor Strange too, that mm. Strange will sense that she, oh she's got this big they... dark artifact that she's using to build their own powers yeah and and that's the thing that apparently that and it's going right to the end of the series the the after credits scene yeah the rumor is that that is meant to be dr strange yeah coming into her um he's on another camera representing him yeah Yeah. he's on his other plane he's he's gone multiverse on us like he does in the first film um and that's him finding her um so I mean, if they reuse that shot in Doctor Strange too, that I think they probably will. Yeah, I think think they'll have to because I mean, all the rumours were he was in the the last episode, and because of the COVID malarkey, apparently he was cut from it. It just just couldn't happen. Yeah, whether he Um, did film it, there's there's a chance that he did film something. Yeah, Uh, and then with the way that they've had to release episodes, and because it is a year between the end of that series and the film coming out. That they're just they're going to add it on to the film instead. Yeah, that, that I, I saw an article along those lines a couple of days ago, which suggested that one was shot, yeah. and they bumped the scene back now, probably to somewhere yeah. in the open. And I saw an interview out, interview with him yesterday because he's got a new film that's just come out or is about to come out, um, and they they asked him about it, and he kind of just ummed and ahed about, it. oh oh I'm sorry, I know everybody was expecting me to be there, but I'm not. I'm sorry, uh, and. That was kind mm. of it. He kind of pushed it to one side. Um, but imagine if you are able, while they're shooting the movie, they're able to shoot a little episode to stick on the end on Disney Plus to to lead into the movie to tie up the bring little back bit the one, of the Marvel one shots. Mm. Yeah. Bring them back. Because. 
So on on the on a similar note, see, I think it was inevitable that we'd have all these expectations and conspiracy theories because of the fact that Feige has been telling us for so long that it's basically a setup for multiverse of madness. Yeah. yeah. And it and it kind of was, but it wasn't in the end. Yeah. It's definitely it a contained story. Something. If you take yeah. that end credit scene off, in fact, both end credit scenes off, it could completely be on its own. It's and just you wouldn't a story know about any grief. Different. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you know the first end credit scene? Yeah. You, you go into the cinema and she says, your friend wants you up there. Yeah. Is that Captain Marvel or is that... Um, it's Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah, Nick Fury. Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. So he's living you in space now. Back to the last Spider-Man film, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's on holiday in space, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. great sentence, that. He's on holiday in space. <laughs> so, kind of kind of sticking with with that first end credit scene. Monica, um, I have to be honest, I'm not a fan. Really? And I don't know whether it's because I'm not a fan of Captain Marvel. I didn't like the film. Um, you forget the film Captain Marvel is set in the 90s. Yeah. So she's a little girl in Captain Marvel. Yeah. So that that dumped me head in because <laughs> I, for, I, I forgot that. that. Now, see, I really, really like the Monica stuff uh, and yeah. the way she gets her powers and stuff. That scene is epic. I'm lucky. I was watching that in surround sound. That bit where she breaks back through the um through the through the hex, and you get like Nick Fury's voice behind your one ear, and you get a little snap of the Captain Marvel. And that scene is so well put together and so epic, I think, within the finds of that story. Whereas I, I find the, the powers... Superhero landing right out the gate. Yeah, that that's... landing is fab. See, I found that all a little bit ham-fisted. Really? Yeah, that she just, all of a sudden, she goes through the, the, the barrier once, she comes out and she's got all her test results are negative. There's nothing on them with kind that, of that no explanation. There was nothing on them. It wasn't. There was nothing on them. The clear. It was. Yeah. There is nothing yeah. on them. So, and that's the what I mean. She went in once and came back out. She was already changing. The, uh, going through the second time yeah. to go back in. That is when it fully took effect. Yeah, it just that's the third time, though, in it. Then when she goes back in, that's her third time. Mm-hmm. Well, she goes yeah. in it once, and then she gets thrown out of it. So that's twice. Oh, go through the barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah it that's just the third time going through the barrier. It just all seemed a little bit like we're just gonna chuck everything at her now. She's she she's in full control of her powers. Um, I don't think she, she is. Be. That's why she's going up to Fjord. No, I, mean, I think we'll see her learning them a bit more in in Captain Marvel too. I suspect. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we will. But it just it just seemed like all of a sudden she was this all powerful being that was gonna take hold. When there's characters that spend a whole movie doing it, and she was she was fully con- in control of it within half an hour. I don't think she was fully in control of it. Yeah, well, actually, the I didn't really feel in the comments was. is far va- vaster than what we've seen. I mean, to be honest, we have hardly seen anything in the. All she did was get shot and manipulate. Um, and she whatever. got caught. Don't forget by fake fake Pietro. Pietro. So she wasn't all knowing either. <laughs> <laughs> No, just just to me, it all all happened too quickly. But as well, maybe maybe that is a, a another victim of the COVID that mm. some of her stuff was cut. 
Well, yeah, t- touching on that, Kat Dunnings definitely was. Yeah. Um, she was her meant disappearance to... at the end was very strange. Yeah, they couldn't bring her back. She was filming something I else. I, I, had a feeling, I had a feeling that's what it was. Um, I don't know whether it's possibly that she's in Thor 3 and is in Australia. Um, mm. So she wasn't available. Um, but yeah, they have, they have come out and said there was a whole bigger story for um for her um in in the later episode that just didn't happen um so that's why she disappears at the end and they had to obviously add that scene where they talk about her doing a runner um yeah <laughs> but um talking of of Kat Dennings, i i think her character has improved tenfold yeah. in the thor movies she is well, so much more insane I've had this conversation on, on, on Facebook and whatever you want to people. For me, she didn't really as a character do much for me in the movies. She was just in there as that archetypal annoying sister type character. Yeah. But then when she comes back and she's Dr. Lewis, as she says to Jimmy, and she's this rounded in every sense of the word, it's just this incredible character when we see her this time around. She's funny, she's intelligent, but in she's not snobby with it she's just she's just darcy yeah and she's really human as well you see her watching the telly just it's watching this episode like we were watching them and it's just genius stuff she plays the same character and everything she does see i've only ever seen her in these things in in the in the marvel stuff so I used to watch her in, um, was it Two Girls? Two, two Broke girls. girls. Yeah. Two Broke, yeah. And basically, loud mouth, um, smart ass comments. Big boobs. Big boobs. And she's in a new show, which obviously has been out for a bit, but it's on Disney Star. And it's it's a comedy about breaking up, and she's single again. Can't remember what it's called. But it, it come on Disney Star on Friday. Dollface. Last week. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. And we watched the first episode, oh, and she's the she's the same character again. She's lovely. She's <laughs> brilliant. It's funny, but um, it's just the same as two broke girls, basically. So she's like Dwayne Johnson, basically plays the same character and everything. That's not a criticism. It's a good character. No, but... <laughs> so, but, but what... no, I, I enjoyed her in that. I enjoyed her in it. It's... Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's sticking with uh, other characters, we have to talk about Ralph Boner. We oh, can't yeah. avoid it. I thought we were going to talk about, about Agent Wu then for a minute at first. Well, you talk about Agent Wu. So, in the first episode, as as he's where or when he turns up, he's going to look for a missing person, isn't he? Yeah. And I yeah. to say this. Go on. And that's saying that it's Mister Boner. He was going looking for Mr. Well, Boner. I think this is another one of those ones of those sort of post-series theories now people have had, haven't they? Yeah. It seems like all... But I think it was just, in the end, for me, a bit of lazy writing back at the start. Yeah. They needed a setup to get Jimmy there, so they said, we'll have a missing person. But it was never paid off. No. Yeah. And it, it annoyed me a bit. I know you, you don't have to pay everything off, but for me, that was a big plot point. Yeah. Reason Jimmy it, it, it all makes you think, oh, was as someone kidnapped this missing person, Wanda's gone to rescue them or something, and this yeah. is how she's been she's turned this place into a sitcom world. So I think people are now trying to 
shove Boner into that position, basically. I think there's a, a few yeah, of those like... as well, isn't there? Um, obviously, the engineer. Everybody yeah. thought that was something. It wasn't. The man yeah. on the hill. No, nothing. Yeah. There, it, there were so many of those threads that just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And that, for me, is my big bone of contention, is that they, they set these points up and then they don't go anywhere. Yeah, because they, they made them seem like big points. Yeah. As opposed to just throwaway lines of dialogue. Yeah. Well, just going full circle back to uh, Ralph Boner, he and him, there's, there's, I mean, I will admit this is a theory that's going around the internet, so it could be an absolute crock of shite, but there is a theory that ha- does Agatha give Ralph the Pietro powers, or does Pietro have a latent mutant ability or X gene that Agatha has exploited to give him su- uh, the super speed to manipulate Wanda? I took it in the end as neither, and it was just a quirk of the hex that she was able yeah, to, to make. Yeah, to be fair, I took it that way, but I really like that theory. My, it was just a magic necklace, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that. Um, see, I I thought that's what that was, but if you think about it, maybe that was like an enchanted item that she was using to control them. Yeah, it 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 just ended up a bit of a wet fart. If, yeah. Oh, if, yeah. If I'm honest, yeah. Because all the theories of opening the the multiverse and it's brought in the X Men by this one movement, it hasn't. No. Well, I think basically I saw I read one piece. Uh, yeah, I think yesterday was it the director said that in the end they cast him to try and put us in the same sort of mind frame as Wanda. Of this person doesn't really fit. Yeah, I mean, I get why why they've done that, but the problem with doing that is you're casting a fan-favourite actor in a role of a fan-favourite X-Men character. Fox Mm -hmm. have just signed a deal with Marvel to give them the the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. You do that and do not pay it off with at least a hint of X-Men or something, then that's basically giving a big middle finger to the fans. Where Mm. where, Where was Wolverine in a bar? Telling them to fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm with Paul on that. I've, I've scribbled down. It, it's I got one or two pluses and minuses, and Easter egg stroke plot threads set up are in my minuses column because yeah. they some the size of some of them seem to be much leading to much bigger stuff. It may get paid off in movies later on, but it's a dangerous line to walk creatively. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I completely agree with that. Um, also, the other thing about Ralph Boner, why was he such a dude? <laughs> it just didn't fit with the character of Quicksilver at all for me. Yeah. He's not like that in the X Men. No. Aaron Taylor Johnson's version wasn't like that. No. So why all of a sudden they? Yeah. Why all of a sudden did they decide to make It's almost like an American Horror Story character, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And when you see interviews with him, that is him. And it's like he wasn't Mm. even acting, like he's just come in and I'm just going to play around as myself for a couple of days. Um, Real shame. It was a a letdown for me. Um, So, again, sticking with with characters, get on to the the boys now, Uh, the the two sons, um, it really does seem like 
the catalyst for the future of the MCU is these younger characters. Yeah. They're well, setting them up left, yeah. right and centre now. The, the young Avengers are coming. Yeah. It, it's happening because yeah. you've got Miss Marvel. Obviously, we've heard the rumours of uh, Miles, a live-action Miles coming into the MCU, Miles yeah. Morales. Um, and Miss Marvel is rumoured to be in the second Captain Marvel, isn't she? Well? Yeah, no, yeah. she is. She, she is, is yeah. they've confirmed that, yeah. They've apparently got American... Uh, America, Sh- America Chavez, yeah, she's yeah. in Doctor Strange too. Doctor, yeah. Um, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, they're, they're all coming. The younger Cassie Lang. Are, it's happening. Because yeah. so, they've cast a new what? Cassie Lang, haven't they, for Ant-Man yeah. 3? Is this going to be a spin-off TV series or is this going to be another film? I think it's going to be their next Avengers film. Yeah. That doesn't feel Financially and creatively, it kind of makes sense for Disney Marvel as well. Because at some point, these older actors are going to walk away again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. Did you ever see Young Justice? No. I've seen bits of it. Honest to God, I mean, it... It might be a bit more thing of, no offense, guys, but people my age. But it's it's very well written and it centers around the likes of Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Artemis, etc. All the kid yeah. versions of the main Justice League. But it is fantastically written, and they don't give them shitty versions of like Dark Side, etc. They give them Deathstroke. They give them. Um, and it's not Teen Titans. I know I felt like that was uh, hanging in the air there. Um, but they give them like Vandal Savage, uh, proper Injustice League to fight everything. It's brilliant, and I think mm. that's what Marvel are going to try and do. And well, that'll be the key. Give the young the right Avengers, Marvel. proper villains to give them a yeah. movie. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm in the camp of, I'm not that bothered about a young Avengers team. <laughs> Um, I know why to, they're doing it. They've got to get them done quick, though, haven't they? Because if mm. they're using the same actors, all kids grow. Look at Little Ant and Dech. Where are they now? <laughs> We're talking to one of them now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hello. But, but they, they grow so fast, don't they? And they change yeah. so fast. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're not suitable and yeah. they get recast. But- as, the, as regards the two sons themselves, they're definitely they're they're going to be a part of multiverse of madness, aren't they? From oh, that, yeah. that credit scene, yeah. So I think that's where we're going with that. But we're going to see them again, those two, aren't we? Sure. I yeah. did actually watch that end credit scene again, and as you see her like hovering in the air and she's doing all her hand movement stuff, you can actually see small planets going around her. And nice. like I thought, oh, that's that's like that. Maybe she's like peeking a look at the, what's out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I picked up, um, a completely out of place line um, from Vision about getting his leg over. Yes, there there is a, a fruity line or two, isn't there? I remember that. Yeah. Well, I got that one through. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> since when has Vision talk talk like that before? I was like, all right, here we go. Not that... vibranium penis. Well, as we all know, Joss Whedon wanted to give him a penis in the first film, so... um, Oh, no. Which seems very, very wrong in this day and age now with uh, what's gone on. We're not touching that one. Um, Literally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I also still hate him being called The Viz. (laughs) I hate that name with a passion. Why she has to call him that? you like if he's called Viz as just a contraction, or is it just The Viz that you No, it's just Viz. 
Full oh, stop. Okay. Just call it. Just call him Vision. The That's trouble is, yeah, don't... when they when they call him Viz, I start thinking about Billy the Fish and Johnny yeah, Fox. Exactly. Ah. That's that's the worst bit of it. As I just, <laughs> it's just not right. Um, I've still got pages and pages of notes, so we're going to cut it a little bit shorter. Um, I I noted that Wanda's outfits when she leaves the hex to try and stop him after the helicopter comes in after the the drone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why is she back in her Avengers costume all of a sudden? We clearly now know that she didn't go in wearing it. Well, also, let, let's be honest, she's the Scarlet Witch. She can p- practically create anything out of thin air. Because yeah, she but she didn't know that at that point. Well, no, but maybe she <laughs> can just do it. She doesn't even have to think about it, maybe. It's sub- subconsciously, you know, which kind of, I think, yeah. was Agatha's point, wasn't it, about a lot of it? It, just, it breaking on just felt random that she went in wearing a like a tracksuit. Mm. And then when she decides she's going to go all powerful, she comes out wearing a wearing a costume from the previous film. Maybe that was it. She thought, I need to go and fuck these boys up. Yeah. I need to go out looking like an did absolute she, Did bomb. she just have it in her wardrobe? Must have done. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, look look what else she had from, in the wardrobe from the Halloween episode. Yeah. But then you've got to imagine that they probably made them. Yeah. So... Um, I then another note on uh, Bethany um, when he realizes what she's she's done. Yeah, um, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, he, it is. He well, really I, loses I had it. The, um, that scene where he walks over the credits was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, the, something kind of took away the moment from me with that. Um, you know the bit when he sort of rises up to kind of like confront her, and then she does it as well. As you watch him rise up. The CGI gets a bit shoddy and like his head pieces start moving off his face if you watch it quite carefully and it kind of ruined it for me. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> the, the moment itself is quite poignant, but it's little things like that that sort of ruin the, the illusion. I mean, I know the whole thing was technically an illusion, but you know. Just yeah. <laughs> so, so my only criticism of Elizabeth Olsen um, was the accent. It was all over the story. place. Yeah. It's one one minute she sounds I think it's like supposed she's to though. Yeah, but that this is the criticism when she when we first met her, she was fully Sokovian. And oh, it's, it's toned down over time, right? I get. But you. then. She'll go from just being completely American to the next minute having the full accent again. And it just... They need to make up their their mind as to whether she's keeping the accent or not. See, the way I saw it was every time she becomes disillusioned by, like, Vision challenging her or Monica saying something completely out of character or whatever, then she reverts back to what she is naturally because she is putting the accent on in mm. the inside the hex. Yeah. Because I that's just, part of the illusion. I just think it's their easy way out of stopping her from doing it. <laughs> it it's, it's, an, it's an excuse. If you're going to introduce a character with an accent that's that thick, she's not going to lose it that easily mm. for me. Um, the... The Halloween episode well, you'll itself. You'll leave it as long as she has. <laughs> the the Halloween episode itself, I thought was one of the best. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. The there's a great kick-ass joke. Yep. <laughs> in the middle of it, which I Love thought was it. brilliant. Um, again, we get to another bit that's really freaky with the the people that are stuck on the outskirts of the hex. Yes, um, right. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, but another thing that they didn't follow through on um, was Wanda seeing dead people like they were dead. It, mm. We see it twice, and that's it. Oh, like Vision and Pietro. Yeah, and yeah. we don't pay off why she's seeing them like that. I I know we've she's in grief and everything, but it just I've seems got, strange. I've got a theory of it, but again, it is just a theory. I think it's just when she has, for instance, when she saw Vision with the hole in his head there, she'd literally just thrown Monica out of the hex and she was just recovering back to this reality that she created. So because she was still slight in a spate of disillusionment, she turns around, sees Vision, and as she knows Vision in our reality, he's got a great big hole in his head where the Mind Stone was ripped out. And yeah. that's what she should expect expect to see. She composes herself and then he goes back to how she is in the he is in the hex. Yeah. And it's the same with Pietro. Yeah. Um getting on towards the end of that episode, um the House of M nod with the characters coming apart, um, I thought was really good. So when Vision comes outside the hex and he starts to come apart, um that's a direct nod to one of the comics that it's based on. Yeah. Um, it's exactly the same as what happens in that comic. Um, they start to come apart by piece by piece. Um, so I thought that was a really nice nod. And also probably my favourite end to an episode um, when the hex extends. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the uh, circus was just yeah. brilliant. Uh, Darcy's reaction is just brilliant. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Um, and then the, the agents turning into clowns. Well, again, and that's that's a great scene because that's basically Wanda's reflection of how she sees them. Yeah, yeah. A big bunch of clowns. Just yeah. going back to Darcy very quick. Um, I watched every episode of One Division with subtitles on, just so that I wouldn't miss like a cheeky bit of dialogue or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Um, but when Darcy is getting uh, brought into the hex as it's expanding, um she's quite clearly about to say oh fuck but if you yeah. read with the subtitles on it's got oh fudge <laughs> yeah yeah it has I, I just gotta keep on. that disney family friendly bit haven't you yeah. yeah yeah um so getting on on to the the last few episodes really um i found agnes more of an irritant than a villain for the last few episodes she she wasn't the, the full problem that everybody yeah. was facing. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, but in the respect of the... And yeah, I'm taking this from what the, one of the, what the director said. The big bad is grief. But the thing yeah. is, if you think about it, we as comic book fans have been used to a big bad per season of a show. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to the likes of Smallville, Arrow, Flash, etc. And to not have one of those is just weird for us yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, to have... And then everybody talked about nightmare on Mephisto being behind yeah, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think and we still may find that he is. Yeah, yeah, but it just not in 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 the relevance of the story that we've just yeah. seen, basically. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I did find that the last few episodes felt slower than the earlier ones. There was a lot of exposition going into those last mm. 
where we we start to learn what's going on with Sword, what's going on with Agnes. Um, there was a lot of information thrown at you um, over those last that, few that's episodes. Where I think you missed the trick story-wise. I think, what, actually, with what you were saying earlier, Paul, about the adverts, if they'd have got rid of the adverts and stuck those bits of exposition in just through the, the yeah. nine episodes, I think that might have worked better and they could still actually have had that 10th episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, episode seven, I'm not a massive Modern Family fan. So that was a bit of a dud uh, on that side of things. The song at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the little interview bits and snippets like that weren't for me. Uh, so I talking... love the way that they tricked us all there by lowering Catherine's voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was on a that really scene. little trick. That. Genius. Yeah. Um, I also felt that the reveal was pretty signposted by that point. Yeah. Um, we all know mm. what was coming, that she was going to be the villain. She'd already thrown away that into previous episodes that you could see she what she had some involvement in what was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And plus, you don't actually cast Catherine Hard without her having something to do other yeah. than just be a nosy neighbour. Exactly. <laughs> um, the credit scene on episode seven also felt like a bit of a red herring. What was the credit scene for episode seven? I've written that note and I can't even remember what it is. Snoop um, was going to snoop. Yeah, yeah, Monica having a snoop round. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a complete red herring because it 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 ties it up to make it look like they're going to be partners in doing something. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we don't see them for another episode. Then they've just completely gone, and we find out. And and those scenes that they do have in that last episode are pretty much done in. 90 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's another one that I wonder whether it, it took a hit because of COVID, that there might have been more more to that story that we didn't see. And how the hell did he actually overpower her off, off screen? Yeah. In that, to get her into that house. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's a little bit of a strange one. Um, episode eight actually was probably my favourite episode. Yeah, uh, the, with the flashbacks showing us stuff yeah. that we we didn't know yeah. how how bad it was with the reason why she hated Tony so much. Mm. Um, I thought that was was brilliant that they showed us that, and then then we get the full reveal of what sword actually are. Bastard. Yeah. yeah, and also before that that little moment where we see all the references to all the episodes. Yeah, in the video mm. collection, the DVD yeah. collection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I thought it was a really well put together episode. Um, and what you come to expect from Marvel, in my opinion, that felt like probably the most Marvel episode of the whole series. Um, though I do, I still want to know what the difference is between Strike and Sword. Because uh, of it's Shield and Sword. It's hard to tell, isn't it? In terms because of... they're pretty much exactly the same at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so it, that was a, that was my biggest struggle with the introduction of of sword is that I still can't tell the difference between them. Um, I, said, I thought that each scene during that episode had some meaning to it. Mm. Um, they don't waste a single bit of airtime in that no. episode. No, um, I thought the recreation of uh, Hydra was brilliant. Yeah, going back. Uh, and saying those scenes. Uh, I also wrote, as you pointed earlier, about Quicksilver being 
Gothy in Age of Ultron. I wrote that uh, Gothy Wanda was smoking hot. <laughs> so I made the same note that the twins were definitely Gothy in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, American culture mellows the Goths. Yeah. I, th- I think, Josh, I may have made a similar comment on our messages about D.H. Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we yeah. see her on the stage. Yes, Blimey, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That um, was a great piece of tech as well there. Yeah. Uh, I wrote the best and superb in the Avengers campus scene. As we've said oh, all along, yeah. that he's he's been brilliant throughout, but I think that really sold it for me at that point. I, I thought he was brilliant. Um he can't, he, didn't he come up with that line or part of it? The, yeah, I is, think so, yeah. Me? Yeah. Um, the one thing I said that Elizabeth needs to ditch the wigs, uh, I, I, I thought they were dreadful at times. The hair, the, the colour, I still don't know why they keep going back to that same off-red colour because it just yeah. doesn't work. Sort of orangey. You know, I watched yeah. nine episodes and didn't once think anything about her hair. <laughs> <laughs> She she does, even, the, the only wig I actually liked was her final wig with her final costume. Yeah. Yeah, but all the, all the rest were wigs for the most part. Um, the, the other scene that I love in that episode is when she drives into Westview and you see all the other characters that we've met throughout the series mm. yeah. and, and you see what they actually were. Like the, the postman we find out was yeah. actually a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. I thought, thought that... That was brilliant. Um, we also, I also noted that the moment that she breaks down in that episode is the moment that she turns. Yeah. Um, and the finale was a kind of an incoming outcome that we knew was coming because of what had happened. Yeah. Um, from that previous episode. Now, I didn't make any notes about the finale because we've only just watched it. Mm. Um. For me, the finale was a bit meh. Yeah, it's another thing. The, the only thing I'd really say about the finale is the reason it was meh for me is because I'm a figure for reading uh, online theories from fans. I will I will grab every little bit possible so that I can go into it thinking, oh, that's going to be that bit that might lead to this and whatever. And I've re- now come to the realisation that that is kind of what I wouldn't say ruined it, but toned it down for me. because yeah, it, it was an anti-climax. Yeah, yeah. I had such expectations that when it actually happened, I was like, oh. For the most part, it was just one big action scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, like, like some, a Marvel um, movie. <laughs> like Sinead yeah, you... said on the Mickey Waffles, it was um, superheroes firing bolts of light, and light at each other, flying mm-hmm. around. Yeah, just that, that's what it descends. After all yeah. that, that storytelling, the last yeah. episode was just flying around shooting laser bolts. Yeah, and it didn't seem such a re- cool fight though. I love that fight. Yeah, uh, see, I love the two vision fight. I think that I think that's yeah, brilliant. That, um, reminds but, me of um, Bad Superman. <laughs> yeah, just done better. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it left so many. Threads dangling at the end. The one thing that annoyed me about that, sorry, is vision back. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, because don't know where. It's it's like Sigurd's brush, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Only you could bring in a film. He's had seven heads and five five sticks. Oh, yeah, God. you know, it was the original. It was the original body, wasn't it? Re- put yeah. back together. Yeah. Um, and the memories no were in there, hidden, and he unlocked everything. And off yeah. he flies to discover himself, you know. So he's going drinking, smoking a bit of pot, doing a bit of goosing. Nice. Um, so at what one point, did annoy me in that finale uh, was the way they ended up treating Hayward. He seemed like he was going to be this really interesting character yeah. for most of the show. And then all of a sudden, he's just trying to shoot kids. Well, the funny thing about that bit is Monica stands like that, just open arms to protect these kids. And the bullets wouldn't have bullet helped. goes through it. And if you look at the trajectory of that bullet, that bullet is not going to hit one of them kids in a million years. But he's, we also really... he's the director of an international company. We And it annoyed me that we don't really discover at the end still why he's so nasty towards them like he is. No. You still technically don't. No. No, as I say at the end. Yeah. We we and get glimpses with him when they say you weren't here during the blip and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. that's hardly motivation for hating yeah. Wanda. And, yeah, and see it... that's why I don't understand who sort off. Because mm. they give no explanation as to any and of their reasons for doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that bit didn't work for me, the way that this, his character sort of nosedived a little bit in the finale. He yeah, is but, the uh, you, douche. If you think about it, right, why should he? Why should he like superheroes? Why why can't he be mistrusting of them? Because look what's happened since in superheroes become a thing. But he has no reason to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, all yeah, me, yeah. We don't know who we lost in them six years. Yeah, but think about it. If superheroes hadn't been there... Thanos would have still come and snapped his fingers. He just would have got it a lot quicker. Yeah. Maybe, but in Batman, you know, without Batman, there is no Joker. Uh, he just annoyed me. He, he seemed like he was a character that was going to be interesting and ended up becoming a bit one-dimensional at the end. Mm. Well, he, he gets like arrested, he, so he's lost like his job. really written this whole character, three dimension of this person, and then... They got further and further along. They thought, oh, shit, we haven't used them. Hang on, quick, write a scene there, quick. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it's going to be a spin-off TV show and Coulson's going to come back. I'll be up for that. Take over. Well, I think that's the, that's that end credit thing, isn't it? It's the reintroduction of Nick Fury. Yeah. As the director. I want to see it. I want to see an episode of something where it's just Jimmy learning that card trick, which he pulls out <laughs> at the start of the episode. Hey, he finally learnt it. I love Randall Park, oh, See, it. I'd completely forgotten him as a character. Actually, just very quick on Randall Park. Um, when he's handcuffed and he's brought to Hayward and uh, he, he nabs the phone, if you watch that scene again, he nicks that phone in full view of the yeah. security guard. I noticed it as soon as yeah. I watched it. I was like, what the hell's going on? There's, a, there's a, literally a sword soldier standing behind him. Well, ridiculous. I do love yeah. how he laughs Hayward in that scene. He, he just gets himself out of the cuffs. And I was that because he's yeah. a magician or because, like to say, all the cuffs are always shit and all these things. It's but he's blagged his way out of that bit. So, can you get here in an hour? He says to his mate on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and see, there's another plot point that they built up that was just a pathetic payoff in the end. What's that? The, him phoning his mate. Yeah. yeah, nothing happens. Yeah, 
So you try to fail. Fair, it is quite literally what it says on the tin. Like he calls someone, say, "Get here in an hour," and they get there in an hour. In an hour. Yeah. You're because it's Marvel. You're expecting like someone, to, someone doesn't matter yeah. who, but someone to show up. Yeah. Like his mates with Scott Lang. Yeah. <laughs> where, where's Scott at the moment? That's... Look, this is my bugbear for all superhero stuff. I'm watching the Punisher now, so I'm working my way through all what's left of that. When the shit goes down in anything, right, once you introduce multiple characters to stuff and you end up with the Defenders or you end up with the Avengers um, or the Justice League, when you go back to an individual movie, it's it's broken, it's wrong, it doesn't work. Because if the shit's going down, you would just phone up one of them or they'd see on the news, oh, yeah. fucking hell, something's going on. It's a thing of Mysterio from Far From Home. He's like, this is now an Avengers-level threat. Yeah. But, it's yeah. Like, but, that, but that's everything. the thing they're saying, though, that all these films are set in the same time period, aren't they? Yeah. So Falcon mm. and Winter Soldier's apparently set at the same time as WandaVision and Far From Home. Um, so they're all off fighting their own battles at this point. Yeah. Thor and yeah. the Guardians have gone back into space, so they're gone. Yeah. Loki's sort of dead and not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just not that many people about to, to actually help out. We don't know where mm. Strange is at the moment. I'm sure we'll find out. Mm. On holiday in space. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around Uranus, no doubt. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> so in the end... What what's everybody's kind of final score for it? For me, right, thoughts. It's a solid, despite the anticlimax. And the thing that done it for me was the one of them is a, a I don't know because I didn't read it, but I heard um, it does a Luke Skywalker level event in the last episode, right? Yeah. So when Luke Skywalker turns up. I, I was crying, probably yous were crying. It was fucking unbelievable because he kept that secret, hadn't he? That yeah. literally come out of nowhere. There was no rumours anywhere circulating. And for them to say something like that, that wasn't fair. They shouldn't have said anything. No. So it was, all, <laughs> it was instantly an anti-climax. You shouldn't play with the fans like that, right? Just say nothing if you're going to say nothing. If you've got to say something, say nothing. Then, for me, Disney Plus itself, you go on the social medias on the run-up to the new episode coming out, and they're actually putting adverts out containing stuff that's in the upcoming episode, mm. not stuff that was in the last episode, and then saying, make sure you don't miss the new episode. Yeah. Little captures of what's in the next episode. So... In one of them, you, you see the Infinity Stone, uh, and you see, and I just scrolled through it dead quick. But I knew that that stone was then in this new episode, yeah. Yeah. and that's something and, I I've got a, a big problem with with Disney Plus at the moment. The amount of trailers, yeah, they're throwing out. Like we've had three trailers today for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but if you count the Xbox one, yeah. Now I'm I'm purposely not looking at that type of stuff. I'm, a, I'm an annual subscriber. I don't need to see that stuff. There must be yeah. some way I can hide that stuff. I don't want to unfollow them because I want to follow them. They've, they've got so many. They've got about 80 million subscribers yeah. already. 
I'm, I'm not saying don't advertise. Just advertise a bit more sensibly. Yeah. But I want to know with, why Craig's stalling on his score. <laughs> it, do you know what, right? Despite everything, despite every, all these little niggles, right? It brought during the darkest months of the COVID malarkey. We're in December or not. When it started coming out, whenever it was. January. 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 So we had nine weeks of something to look forward to. Fridays was an event. You know, every Friday night we're sitting down with the girls, having our tea, watching One Division. For that alone, it was fantastic. Yes, the last episode was a bit of a wet fart, but, you know, in hindsight, will I watch it again? Yes, I will. Um, I've just watched the making of, so I get a greater appreciation for everything that took place. You see the actual stunts that they're actually doing, you know, so it's not all green screen. They're in proper, you know, rigs getting thrown everywhere and everything. It's a solid nine out of 10. It's a 90 out of a hundred. It, it was brilliant. And I can't wait yeah. for next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm along the same lines as Craig. I'm just being a little bit harsh yet because I have come from a place where I've read quite a bit of the source material that this drew from. And considering what they could have done and probably more along the lines of should have done. Yeah, but doesn't this happen with... If you go back to any Marvel film... Isn't it? Isn't the story pulled from various bits it of is, other but stories? The thing is, with the films, and I know this is like basically the very first thing, so this is what they're going to look at and build off and learn from. But with what's gone before in terms of the films, fans have loved them because even though they're drawing from source material, and they might twist it in such a way that it's practically completely different, they at least nod. To what they what actually happened in the source material, whereas in this, basically this was Marvel's House of M, basically, and practically the only thing that I took as a nod to it was when Vision was being pulled apart and broke into little puzzle pieces because that is the front cover of House of M. Mm. That is the only thing, but. As Craig said, I will go back and watch it once as soon as I possibly can. I have a lot of other things to be doing at the minute. Um, and I will also watch it with a great appreciation because I know what's coming and I can pick out things that I didn't see before and all that. And But because I'm being a little bit harsh nowadays, I am growing into the critic that I hope to one day be. Um, I'm going to go for an 80 out of 100 and an 8 out of 10. Mm. Not much of a difference, but... Tony? Yeah, very much same thing as everybody else. So, I, as you said, we've discussed my niggles, though. Those, there's some of those little setups that weren't paid off, which they seem to make into bigger plot points than they really were. Grated with me a little bit. Treatment of one or two of the characters, like Hayward, became a bit one-dimensional. But on the, on the plus side, the three central performances were brilliant. Catherine and Elizabeth and Paul were fantastic. Great support characters. There's some great comedy in there, some great pathos. And in the end, we were all expecting it to be this big, massive story. And in the end, and it wasn't, it was a personal story. It was about grief. And it was a story we could all relate to. And the fact that it turned out to be a small story was probably better in its favor in the end. Mm. And for me, I really enjoyed it. 
I'll watch it again at some point, possibly maybe in the run up to the next strange movie. Um, and I'm going to go for probably 89 out of 100. Boom. Fair play. So, so for me, yeah, I, I agree with Tony. The, the little niggles um, were probably the, the, the lack of or the, the more the dangling in front of us and then not following through on them. Um, nobody wants to follow through, I suppose, but um, uh, yeah, that was, that was my main bugbear. The, the sitcom stuff was fantastically made. Uh, just felt a tad like it could have been a little bit more pushed together. Um, maybe took a little bit longer than it should have done. Um, but overall, um, it might not be Marvel's best, but for the most point, Marvel's better than pretty much everything else. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go with an 83 out of 100. Ooh. Josh's yeah. is the worst score. Josh. I'm getting are... harsh in my old age, boys. You're fired. Four scores over 80 is not bad, though, really. Oh, yeah. no, definitely not. Especially but... first series out of the bat, off the bat. Yeah, exactly. So that's it for WandaVision, at least for now. We don't know whether we'll, whether we'll see it again at any point. Um, there has been talk that possibly we might get a season two further down the line. Um, but for now... It's a long way off. We've obviously got uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness to come and the reintroduction. That's my final thought, really. Yeah. Is that it has really got me psyched up for both Spider-Man and what potentially we might be getting in the way of a feel from it. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. I cannot wait to yeah. see what's going to play off in those two films now. Yeah. And we've got to wait to see where the introduction of the Vision comes. Um, no confirmation at the moment where we're going to see him, but I'm sure we'll see him at some point. Um, he's out in the in the universe somewhere, um, but as we've mentioned, we aren't going to be gone for long, as Falcon and Winter <laughs> Soldier begins in just a week's time, we... Um, and we will be back every week from dun, now on dun, dun. for each episode. We're going to do a review. Uh, Craig, I know you might not be around every week. Yeah, um, I'll be in and out. Because of your shift work, but the the three of us will be here, uh, hopefully recording on a Sunday evening to give us some time to digest each episode, uh, get to enjoy the first watch and then possibly a second watch to mm -hmm. to pick our thoughts from it. Um, and hopefully we'll be out on your podcast app of choice on a Monday morning for those of you that are going to work still at the moment. Um, it'll be there for your commute, and if not. Well, it will still be there, no matter what. <laughs> so, um, not getting rid of us. Yeah. So we'll be back every week. Uh, I think we've got—is it six episodes? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, so we'll be around for six weeks, and then hopefully by the time that comes to an end, we'll be able to see Black Widow. Yeah. And then, you know what? And I, then, I, I've and only then watched we'll um, Loki forward. Yeah. I've only watched Age of Ultron once. Oh, wow. Right. Such an underrated Avengers film. It is the worst of the bunch, but it's so underrated. I'm sorry. Maybe at some point later down the line, we deep dive it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's more meat on them bones now. Definitely. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So thank you, boys, for joining me once more. No problem. No problem. Uh, I'm not sure who'll be uh, hosting the next episode. 
Um, though we're just looking at Craig because he's doing weird things on camera. Um, just what thought I'd tell everybody. You put me off my tea now. Let's just say it was an impersonating kiss. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure whether it'll be Tony or Josh that's hosting or Craig if he's around. Uh, I know your shifts are a little bit He's dodgy. shaking his head and yawning at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to that. So, yeah, we'll be we'll be back in just a week's time uh, with the review of the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Thank you, boys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, right, suckers. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.